listening to the song Loudmouth by Cold Shoulder from their record Primal Fury, which is available now at northernscene.net. Cold Shoulder is a hardcore band from Toronto. They formed back in 2016. And Primal Fury, their latest record, was released earlier this year on New Age Records. If you order your copy of this record on Oxblood with Cyan Splatter and use the promo code GROWINGUP at checkout, you can save 15% on your order. Northern Scene is an online retailer whose sole aim is to bring some of the best punk and hardcore records to Canada without having to pay an arm and a leg in shipping. So, if you're in Canada and you're a fan of punk and hardcore, specifically on vinyl, check them out at northernscene.net and use the promo code GROWINGUP or follow the link in the show notes to save 15% on your next order. The story is we didn't even have guitar tuners on our first seven inches or whatever. We just like played whatever key it was in. Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. And this week's episode is my interview with Mike Reed of Small Brown Bike and more currently 84 Tigers. In this episode, we talk about his getting into punk and hardcore, playing in bands with his brother Ben, his current project, 84 Tigers. And of course, Mike shares his five favorite Small Brown Bike songs. And speaking of his current project, 84 Tigers, they've got a record coming out on Spartan Records called Time in the Lighthouse, and it's set to be released on October 21st, but you can pre-order it right now at SpartanRecords.com. You can grab just the vinyl or a pretty rad bundle, which includes a t-shirt and a full, or a, a full, a felt pennant, as well as a limited edition Spartan Records 84 Tigers rootless coffee bag of coffee beans. We actually talk a little bit about uh, this record, obviously, and the bundle and, and kind of how neat it is. Uh, you can hit up SpartanRecords.com to pre-order your copy. Now, before we get into the episode... Just some housekeeping. Go follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter, at GrowingPunkPod is where you'll find us. We're also on Patreon. If you want to throw a couple bucks a month our way to help keep us going, help keep us caffeinated, I suppose. Or if you want to go grab some merch, we got t-shirts, we got coffee mugs, stuff like that up at the, the link in the show notes, as well as the link in our social media bios. And of course, wherever you're listening to the show, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends about it, all that great stuff. But let's not waste any more time. This is my interview with Mike Reed of 84 Tigers and Small Brown Bike.
this this is kind of a, a completely potentially unrelated question to the band but uh have, have you ever read the book our band could be your life i haven't it's one yeah. of those things no i just yeah. it's so, embarrassed so, uh, to say kind of <laughs> yeah, no that's fair I've, i'm i'm currently rereading it uh just because mm-hmm. i watched actually uh, a documentary i think it was like a pbs documentary on the mm-hmm. minneapolis hardcore scene of like the mid 80s or whatever right so of mm-hmm. course Husker Du got brought up and stuff like that. And so I was like, oh, it makes me want to read our band again. So I pulled it out. But um, so I, I just had one quick question before we hop into talking about uh, your music. Mm-hmm. Minutemen, yay or nay? Are you a fan of the band? Yeah, I look like I'm not like a, you know, Uber fan, like, you know, own everything like that. But their minimalist sound, I thought that was super unique. And there's bands like like Karate was one of um band i really love my brother and i both really loved and i think that they pull some of that influence kind of right. minimal stuff from it yeah. my brother to like um fire or yeah fire hose you know watts yeah. band later to like that was something flying the flannel and all that stuff was on our radar so yeah um we were in the descendants camp you know ssp sure. and that whole yeah. world and yeah. husker do too totally but yeah but um but yeah so i don't I'm, it's one of those things i i respect and like everything you know what minimum did so yeah they're such an interesting interesting band to me though like obviously like what so when they were doing their thing i was either not alive or just born so i was mm-hmm. born in 84 so um mm-hmm. but like going back and listening listening to their music they're so uh they're so interesting because like you said the minimalist thing the i just what I think I really enjoy about them, but also struggle to enjoy at the same time, is just how all over the place they can be, <laughs> or they, they could be, I should say. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, no. So I was I was listening to them just yesterday because uh, I was finishing the chapter about Minutemen in uh, about the Minutemen in the book, and I was like, ah, I'm just gonna throw this out there because they're such an interesting band. Yeah, um, that yeah, it's fun to kind of bring up. That's how just yeah. Go ahead. No, it's cool. Like I, I definitely, it's one of those bands that, you know, that they, I know their influence and I know they kind of carved their own niche and all that stuff. And yeah. like I said, with SST, it was always, I don't know, Dinosaur Jr. and Descendants, yeah. things like that, you know, just yeah. whatever. But, and so, but yeah, they, I know they're just have that unique thing that, yeah. you know, it's Minutemen when they, when you right. hear Minutemen talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. hundred um, yeah. percent. And, and maybe this ties in, in one way or another, but do you remember the first kind of like punk or hardcore band that, you were introduced to and that you got into i mean it's funny i think you know um in the early mix you know we got a mixtape somehow a friend older brother a friend's older brother had a mixtape with like descendants and all on it yeah and that's where we really started to hear um you know the first just kind of melodic punk and things like that yeah. um seven seconds was another one that just kind of came out through uh, and just, and we were in like middle school at the time. And so it was just like skate punk and stuff like that. It was really cool. It was different fast. I, you know, we always really like, um, uh, descendants and all and stuff like that. We were just, we just loved because I think they, they had energy and spirit of punk, but then it was totally, um, personal kind of lyrics. I mean, they had all different kinds of stuff going yeah. on, you know, they'd sing about whatever, but they had those love songs too, that I think for whatever, we just were like, Oh, that's cool. You know, like yeah. whatever that, um, that, that just resonated with us for sure. And it's funny. Then not think about Minutemen on the other band. I remember like, I think the first CD I owned was a dead milkman CD. Okay, so dead yeah. milkman kind of were that, you know, like I think they had that kind of unique, we, they were sure. in a punk genre like yeah. area, you know, too, that was just kind of 
quirky and unique, but really cool and just fun, you know? So, um, but yeah, definitely, you know, with like, with us early days, it was, you know, like I said, descendants and all just like, that's where we were just like really, really stuck on through in the middle school and high school and stuff. And like, did you grow up in a musical home? Like, or how did you guys end up playing instruments? Yeah, it was definitely, my dad had guitars around the house. My dad played blues and folk and stuff like that. Um, and my mom is an artist, you know, his watercolor, watercolor and stuff like that. So we were in a creative home, you know, That's and cool. so yeah. it was just, my dad had vinyl and all that stuff. And once we started, you know, getting into the, trying to play our own instruments and just doing things like that, they were supportive for sure. And, and once we, we wanted to go to shows and stuff like that, we lived in, you know, just kind of the middle of Michigan and the country. And so we will want to go to Detroit to see a show or Grand Rapids or whatever. Like my, yeah. my parents would drive us and, and, you know, chaperone basically drop us off the show. Yeah. And, and so that was cool. They were always supportive of it for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I, I yeah. kind of some similar memories in that. Uh, so where I grew up, there was no scene in the town that I grew up in, right? Like mm-hmm. the first shows that were happening were like shows that me and my friends were putting on. But outside of that, we'd have to drive, you know, 30, 40 minutes or whatever to go to kind of local shows as it were. And so a lot of times it was like my parents that were dropping me off or, you know, bumming rides off friends and stuff like that. Like it was kind of funny because like I, I, a few times my sister and her boyfriend at the time would drop me off. They'd go out, do whatever, and then come back and pick me up and drive me (laughs) home. So it's it's good good to have those supports, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. We got lucky. We had uh, like, we did have a little scene here in our small town where, um, there was a community building that we'd rent and book our own shows and just have like local bands. But then, uh, there was a guy in town who like started connecting with out of town bands. And so like, eventually, uh, like good riddance came through and played yeah. Marshall or small town. Uh, the bull weevils came up from Chicago and 88 fingers Louie. And so there, nice. there was definitely that it, they would just come through Marshall because yeah. we could get a building and full of, I don't know, like a hundred kids or something. It was still super fun. And so, yeah. so the, we did have some local, uh, shows there, but a lot of times, like I said, it was going an hour or two out of town to go see yeah. whoever, you know? So, yeah, yeah, that's fun. Um, so what was like, were you always in bands with your brother or uh, <laughs> did you kind of start some on your own outside of that? Like, cause I mean, obviously yeah. you were small Brown bike you did with him. Was he in mm-hmm. Abel Baker Fox too? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then now 84 tigers, like yeah. just, you're a package yep. deal. Yeah, totally. It's it's just been that way always, you know. Like, uh, my Ben's three years younger than me, um, but you know, we whatever we just had that. Like, we were going skateboarding, uh, yeah. and we just had um, Travis from Small Brown Bike. He, he has a younger brother, same three years younger. So, you know, we just were building forts, and then we got older. We started skateboarding, and then when music came along, yeah, Ben just kind of took to like. Uh, the bass and so you know early bands ben would be um you know 14 or 15 going to shows and playing shows with us and stuff like that so so yeah it's just always been a thing we connected and let you know i i picked up the guitar and ben could play guitar too totally fine so um it's just bass. we just needed a bass player basically i was gonna i was gonna make a joke did he end up being the bass player because he was the younger brother probably yeah we made him like man okay we got we got guitar covered so you gotta play bass so (laughs) if you want to be in this band that's funny yeah yeah totally (laughs) so like was Small Brown Bike the the first band that you guys all started together? Or did you kind of fool around with other stuff first? We had yeah, we had stuff in high school like more of a melodic punk band and stuff, right. faster stuff. Um, and once we you know kind of started 
getting into different music outside of just you know like I said descendants all stuff like that um we just were i don't know we started wanting to do other stuff and that's when small run bike really started when we when i graduated and we moved away to college we moved up to um east lansing up about 45 minutes away right and it was just kind of you know new chapter and everybody was like well i'm gonna start something fresh and new and little it sounded different we were into different stuff at the time so that's yeah. when small run bike really got started around that was like 97 ish you know is when that was we just were like all right let's start something new and yeah. go for it so and what was kind of inspiring or influencing you as far as music is concerned then like early on in the small brown bike days yeah that was definitely you know that's when things like jawbreaker you know we heard yeah. like that we we're just like okay it's more raw especially stuff like bivouac where it's just really raw and yeah. um you know but still had that that personal emotional side to it um trying to think what other stuff like that you know i was definitely getting in more like like just heavier stuff that was less you know like whatever pop you know or melodic mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. i mean just like um just had different you know stuff going on with it or whatever so yeah but yeah jawbreaker was was definitely one um gosh i'm trying to think of other influences that really that really drove i mean I don't know. That's probably, that's a big one that kind of turned every, you know, like shifted yeah. everything. Like, yeah. Hey, this would be cool, you know? And then we just kind of moved forward. And then like, I remember, um, you know, seeing hot water music really early, right. uh, yeah. in their days where they just happened, they were coming through and playing a show in Kalamazoo. And that kind of was like, man, just in the vein too. It was like, this is just, uh, mid tempo, slower mm-hmm. tempos. And just like, it just resonated with me big time. I was like, man, this is really cool. And like then avail and all different kinds of stuff where it was yeah. like uh, just yeah. different, you know, it was, it was punk still. And my, what I, you know, I think of right. is that genre, but it just had a different kind of feel to it. It was heavier, darker, just different, you know, kind of mo- emotional stuff going on or whatever. Yeah. So, and then eventually it led to stuff like, um, like I got really into the, like sleepy time trio and stuff from like North Carolina. just, that was like our label mates, like 12 hour turns, stuff like that. Where it's just, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, definitely just kind of more, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but just resonated with me yeah. for sure. So it's interesting. I, I love hearing, uh, like you say, it was, it was punk to me because mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I guess before this too, but there was definitely a time where that would have been debated, right? Like, well, it's not <laughs> yeah. punk, that's this or that or whatever. But the thing yeah. I love and, and the thing we, I think that I try to, I guess, drive home a little bit with the show, like obviously the show is called Growing Up Punk and it's funny because mm-hmm. I've had, you know, people on the internet be like, oh, you should talk about real punk bands like this or that or whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. the whole point of the show is that all of these, all of this music share the same musical roots as it were right like so it's all just evolution from the ramones basically those early bands right like we got here somehow you know (laughs) yeah it's not like you know the ramones were just an evolution of rock and roll like you know so it's like we're whatever i'm just gonna change the name of the show to growing up rock and roll i guess rock and roll yeah yeah (laughs) and yeah to me you know it's always like you know the you know, obviously the DIY aspect of it yeah. really always resonated with me from like getting your own instruments, learning how to play it, doing out the cover art, making flyers, doing your own shows, all that stuff. Just, yeah. and then the, the, everybody connected because we all did the same thing. Like, Oh yeah, I book shows too in my town or like, yeah, yeah I started a band too. And that the whole idea of punk, you know, as far as what it was, that just meant that you were really doing it on your own. And the, um, 
and your own music was part of it, but there was this whole culture of making zines and, and all yeah. that stuff. So, yeah. um, um, I know another band I was just thinking of too, oh, another yeah. band at the drive-in was another band I think oh, had a big influence yeah. on us because they, it, it, that's another thing that goes back to just, we got lucky wild that they, um, they came through and played in our small town. They played in our basement in East Lansing, like around this time too. They just, a yeah. friend, our friend knew them at the time when they were just getting started um, in El Paso and had put out, I think their first or second seven inch or something. And they just, right. it was one of those things where it just was like, um, so awesome, just so inspiring. And so just cool to watch and just, and they, you know, again, it's punk in my mind, but it's just, but it, it wasn't, you know, um, it was just their own kind of thing that they, that they did with it. So, so yeah, I just want to mention it cause that was definitely something that we just were, yeah, really they inspired were, by. Yeah. They're amazing. I was trying to think of while you're talking about that, there's, um, I'm not going to find it though, because it's such a, <laughs> a, a vague search, I think, but they, they went on, it was like a local, I want to say it was local to them, maybe like a public access TV show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like, I want to say the whole idea of it was like, it was like a, a Christian, you know, because they're from Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like Bible Paso. Belt yeah. sort of stuff, right? So it's like this like Christian talk show sort of thing where this guy sits down and interviews them and they play. And it's just like, it is amazing because he's asking wow. all the like stereotypical, <laughs> like evangelical, like 90s questions. Of course, at the drive-in, not like they're even coming from, you know, a church. I think they just did it as kind of a joke and they got on they're like all right let's just playing the show yeah yeah and let's turn our amps up as loud as we can and see you know how many people we can just shock by doing this so it's yeah. pretty fun i wish i could remember the wow. name of the of the of the show i'd uh i'd recommend checking it out but my i literally yeah. just searched at the drive-in christian show i'm like that's not gonna be done. that's not gonna work but um yeah they were just it was just always fun because it didn't matter we saw them you know multiple times and if, if they were in front of 15 people or 1500 people or 15,000 people it just yeah. they were just gonna like really put on a really fun show and yeah. just super inspiring so, so did you follow along then with like sparta and mars volta and stuff or yeah totally yeah we um small round bike um around 2002 2003 um it actually came you know came back around and sparta asked us to tour so we went on tour with sparta and cave in around that time um and so that was really cool that you know that they had remembered us from those years prior and and we toured and that was just that was that was really fun so uh and yeah mars volta we were ben and i were just talking about mars volta the other night uh just like you know another great band super fun to watch and just like just again just kind of pushing boundaries in a new territory of what you know whatever punk music is yeah. or whatever just yeah. super fun so yeah so yeah we're we stayed <laughs> stayed fans for a long time that's awesome so yeah. uh fast forward to today i mean yeah <laughs> current current times uh yeah. you got a you got a new band as i i mentioned it briefly earlier another one with your brother uh mm-hmm. but now you actually this band is I'm surprised you didn't do the double brother thing. Was uh, was Nick just not down? He's too busy making <laughs> guitar pedals and stuff. Or, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So like '84 Tigers, of course. For those who don't know, it's yourself and your brother Ben, and then uh, John O'Diener, who of course played drums in uh, the band The Swellers with his brother Nick Diener. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that there's the joke. He could have just had all the brothers going. But how yeah. did how did '84 uh, Tigers become a thing? Yeah, um, that's. I mean. I think, you know, around 2019, I was just working on songs, just ideas of stuff like, you know, make demos in my phone and just was like, and they were just 
heavier, you know, just rock songs. I had done like yeah. solo stuff here and there and just, and, um, and done Abel Baker Fox stuff. And I just wasn't sure where to go with it really. Um, Small Brown Bike had done a reunion record a few years earlier. Right. Abel Baker Fox is one of those bands where we kind of, you know, we do something and then it just tapers off and other right, stuff right. happens. We've played Abel Baker Fox has played like 12 shows in 12 years, something wild like that. So, <laughs> so anyway, I just, I kind of got that point. It's like, I'd really like to have a band that could be active enough more so than other stuff I'd done. And so, but not like, okay, let's go tour 10 months a year, but just something where it was local. We could play a local show if it came up or we could, you know, jump in on tour and play for a week or two or whatever. So, um, and just miss that, like being able to practice, you know, um, cause Abel Baker Fox was, is a distant band, you know, Jeff's yeah. in New York, Nathan's in Kansas city. Um, and so, it, so anyway, that's, was kind of the, the starting of it. And so Ben, Ben and I live in the same town. And so, you know, I was like, Hey, would you want to do something like this? And I had met Jono, Jono's, uh, other band braided veins had mm-hmm. played with Abel Baker Fox, um, a couple years prior. And so he was like, somebody who I knew was around and is a really good drummer and had been through yeah. kind of the, you know, the, the whole thing, the same thing at smaller bike and, you know, similar where he like yeah. had been in a band. And so anyway, that's where it was like, this would be, I think that kind of trio, the three of us would be a cool kind of thing where it was quote easy to just get together and jam and work on stuff and all that stuff. And so, mm-hmm. so that, yeah, that's where it kind of, once I reached out to Jono and then we said, yeah, let's do it. And then, covid hit (laughs) and it was like uh well that kind of put a break on you know us getting together but the cool thing is we all just were demoing and recording stuff on our own so i'd send john stuff he'd record drums and all that so um so so yeah that's that's kind of how it started and then it's just been really you know um like i said it's been easy you know to just kind of push it forward and and we had a bunch of songs demoed we narrowed it down to to 10 or really we narrowed it down to eight and we kind of left a couple of songs to be determined in the studio. And then we recorded last uh, October in, in Flint, um, just, just outside of Flint. Um, so, so again, the whole idea being, let's just make this as, as easy as possible to do. So we recorded yeah. our album there and now it's coming out this year. So there I'll stop go. talking. No, <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. It's, I'm, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it uh, because I mean, I, I, I've been a fan of, your music like now small brown bike is definitely the band that i spent i mean the most amount of time with which makes sense it's the one that's been around the longest mm-hmm. uh i you know I, I took some time listening checking out abel baker fox stuff you had a solo record was that last year it came out yeah i had been it's been one of those things where i kicked around songs for years and was yeah. finally like gosh i gotta put this out and i didn't know if i should put it under a you know yeah. band name or whatever so yeah that came right. out uh, last year, I don't know, two years ago, whenever, Something <laughs> whatever. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Time yeah. is, time is like, it's just yeah. a mystery now. Right. But yeah, um, totally. But then when, when the, the 84 Tigers songs kind of started coming out, uh, mm-hmm. it was funny because we had, we'd been messaging for, I don't know how long to set this up. And yeah. then, uh, and then you released the first 84 Tigers single and I'd like, messaged you and it was like well now it makes sense why you've kind of been you know like <laughs> you got other things going on yeah i get it so um yeah. so to hear these songs i've been quite excited looking forward to the record awesome. uh, coming out later this year on spartan records is that right yeah yep. yeah yeah so so actually yeah. real quick how did that relationship come to be because did you have you released anything on spartan prior or no no that was um it's funny yeah we we kind of kept and not it 
we kind of kept the band a secret for a long time. And I don't know, it was kind of, you know, not a secret, but it just was going on. We were like, well, it's not announced anything until we really have something. We didn't have a name. We just had a bunch of songs. And so it took a while to figure out what this band was and all that stuff. And so, um, like even when we scheduled our recording, we didn't really have a name yet. We were just like, right. let's just whatever. So, um, so once it got that, even like when we were in the studio, we wanted to post something so bad, like our recording, we we're like, no, let's just wait. So we're just waiting until we had a band name and a song, all that stuff. So it was, it was over a year, you know, that we were just sitting on stuff. So uh, when we released the first song, we didn't know or have a plan of how it was going to be released. The album, right. we just were like, let's put this song out um, and let everybody know there's a name. and This is the band and this is what we're doing. So, um, and that's how we connected with Spartan just through social media. You know, um, I had, I'd seen the, um, I'd known Spartan and seen stuff yeah. they were doing. I thought, Oh, that's a cool label. They just are doing cool stuff. But, um, so we just kind of connected through, through social media, through Instagram and, and, and John who runs Spartan was really into the record when I sent it to him. And it just kind of was like, felt like, yeah, this is cool. We're on the same page. Um, just really easy to work with and John's been great. So it's yeah. been helped us kind of push the whole thing forward. And obviously, you know, getting vinyl made and doing yeah. all that stuff these days is such a, like, you know, just a wild. I, <laughs> I don't know what's so, more. Yeah. I don't know what's more impressive though, getting vinyl made or getting uh felt pennants made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that, that, yeah, totally. So John, that's our cool thing. John, um, you know what we were just talking about stuff like that and he was like totally on board to do cool stuff like that i think yeah. i think the penance were his idea i can't remember what what whatever but so yeah we're like man penance would be awesome he's well, like here you go here's a company that could do yeah. it and let's do it like, that sounds great so i was i was uh, messaging i'm assuming with him with john on on their instagram and uh he was he was talking about he's like i'm the one that's on the hook for 500 felt pennants or whatever <laughs> that i figure yeah. out how to sell I'm like that's i mean that's cool man like yeah so so obviously the name 84 tigers it's a baseball reference yes yes yep. and the pennants yep. fit very well i was just thinking i guess if yeah. i were to start a band i would have to name it uh the 93 blue jays i think is what yeah I name my band, so <laughs> nice <laughs> um, yeah no, that's, that's i mean it's tricky naming a band for sure oh, i mean we had yeah. gone through i i came in it's embarrassing how many like a list i had <laughs> yeah. of names and stuff and we kicked around for a long time and yeah. so uh so that yeah, that one just you know i don't know that one i landed it was actually it's a funny story it was with um our the casket out our friends casket mm-hmm. we were playing uh down in fort wayne opening for get up kids this was this was last year and i'm just running through it i'm like yeah we got the, you know they knew about the band but we didn't have a name yet so i was yeah. going through the list just like randomly saying some of the names and when i i just had 84 tires on there as whatever and it was like they were like what that's you know like that's yeah. great and so it just it stuck and then once i started like yeah that's pretty cool and then and then it stuck and here it is so but Are i was I'm a fan. I'm, you know, I'm a Tigers fan. I got yeah. to see that World Series team. So I, that's, that was, yeah, that resonates with me. There's definitely nostalgia plays into yeah, it big time. Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. Well, should we get into some small brown bike talk? That's why you're here. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess real quick, um, before we get into the songs that you, you picked, um, they're, 
is sort of a new record out. I was a little bit confused by it because like I so I'm assuming it was done this way because it's so it's a it's a benefit record and I'm assuming it was done this way so that any say like streaming royalties would go directly to you guys as opposed to having to like break it up from all the different bands that or artists that contributed cuz uh, it's labeled as Small Brown Bike. The album's called The Circle Cure, but it's uh so fill me in a little bit on I guess the story there and maybe kind of how that record came together because it's a really neat project that mm-hmm. kind of like spans a whole lot of different sounds and genres of different artists obviously covering your songs yeah yeah no it's super cool and i got you know all the credit goes to trav for coordinating this and, and putting it together it it really um it's a it's a really cool project so trav um you know he was diagnosed with uh colon cancer mm-hmm. and i want to say I'm just sure knows better, but two, two years ago. Um, and so this, 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 I think it was inspired by, um, you know, all our friends, obviously, but then the punk cellist is somebody who's, he's covered, um, you know, punk songs on cello before. And yeah. he did a, he did a cover of a small round bike song, um, called blank landscapes and put that out, I don't know, a while back. And it was just something all of us were like, man, that is really cool to hear cello, a version of our song through cello. So, um, so I'm not sure. I, again, Trav, I know he kind of spearheaded the project, but so, but then he started reaching out to other friends about, you know, contributing songs to, to, as a benefit towards, um, towards the cost of his, you know, treatments. Yeah. So, so it took, you know, so he reached out just to friends that we had toured with and things like that. Just, um, just to see if they'd be interested. And it's, I, I still, it's, it's kind of mind blowing. Like when I hear the songs, you know, um, it's just like, it's, it's surreal, completely yeah. surreal to hear uh, people, the people have contributed to it, to play our songs and to just doing all different, really cool, different kinds of, you know, versions of them, things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it just came out like, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. It came out on digital. The whole thing is released yeah. on digital, and then the vinyl um, is being pressed and things like that. I'll be. Out, I okay. think it's later this year. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's so it's. It, Trav would send us stuff as he got stuff. You know, he's like, "Hey, check this out." And it just, you know, it's just uh, all of us are just kind of floored by it. That right. a the people who contributed and b just like then hearing it, it just kind of. Yeah doesn't it feels like your song but it doesn't you know it's just yeah, really yeah. cool to hear the there the takes that people did on it yeah like the uh like luca brazzi who did day mm-hmm. and nightmares uh mm-hmm. that version is incredible rocky votolato make this a holiday which yeah. that song blows my mind because that's prop make this a holiday is for sure up there as one of if not my favorite i don't know if i could pick mm. a specific favorite but for sure it's up there it's one of my favorite songs from from you guys and uh oh, and then on top of that rocky votolato is a, just an incredible artist so it's like it's a really yeah. cool kind of like meeting obviously a very different styles um but yeah. yeah it's it's uh it's definitely worth checking out if you uh if you're a fan of the band and had no idea this was out these are because how many tracks are on it i just had it open but it's uh, se- yeah, 17 i, I think um, yeah 17 songs and they're i mean act well deconstruct rebuild is not really a song <laughs> uh, it's, it's but pretty it's great, great. i love yeah. it it's a really good friend and it's really yeah. sweet yeah yeah um but yeah no it's definitely worth checking out and uh, if you're a collector of vinyl too i guess checking out uh maybe getting in on some of that vinyl um mm-hmm. yeah let's get into the songs i guess then that uh you picked and 
we're going to go through them, I guess, in order that they were released. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know how they were, like, when they were written, I guess, technically, but maybe it works the same way too. Uh, so yeah. the, the first song that you picked um, comes off the album Our Own Wars, which for myself, this was obviously for a lot of people too, this was my introduction to the band. And it's still one that as soon as the song that you picked too, um, as soon as it kicks in, I am ready to listen to the whole record. Like it's one that it takes me to a specific place. Like I'm uh, living with my roommates when I was like 19 years old, uh, you know, in the basement, just got it on repeat. Cause it's not a, I don't think it's a very long record. I could be wrong, but um, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. 35 ish. I would say the closer, I think is like (laughs) six minutes long, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but uh, it is still one of those ones where I'll put it on, um, you know, especially in this referencing, make this a holiday again, especially when it's colder. Obviously, you mm-hmm. got the line in that song that's, uh, what is it? Oh, the smell of the heater core warms up the cold car, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it just gives me images of winter and coldness, or at least yes. dreariness. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so let's get in. The, the song that you picked off it, then we'll talk about it, is uh, okay. the song The Cannons and Tanks.
such a great opener. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that like descending, I guess, uh, like octave progression or whatever that you're that you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, just as soon as that comes on, like I said before, I am I'm locked in and ready to listen to that record. Um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about why you picked this song in particular. Yeah, I mean, it was. I feel like it was that thing that kind of the first song that we kind of put out where it was people heard it, you know, we had done seven inches and demo tapes and things like that. And this was our first record on no idea. And so it was like, it was our opportunity to like, to just do something a lot, you know, we didn't know at the time, but that more people than were previously hearing us would hear. So the other, the thing, the notes, you know, I kind of put down with that song is like, um, at the time I was working, I was driving, delivering CDs and vinyl, stuff like that. I worked for, uh, like a, a music store. So I was driving a lot. And, and I actually, when I think about writing songs, I write songs in my head. Um, right. yeah. Quite a, not quite a bit, but in a lot where I just, um, I think about a tempo or rhythm and I start, you know, and so this is back before iPhone. Now I can record yeah. something on my iPhone if I have yeah. an idea, but that one, um, that song started in that I'm just driving and I just had this idea for a tempo and how the octaves would work with a, with another rhythm and things like that. And so I think I actually like scribbled it down and tried to kind of tablet or do something <laughs> right, to kind yeah, of yeah. make note, like, Oh, this might be cool. I think this might be cool with this over this and all that stuff. So, and that, I did that. I know there's a bunch of other songs out there. I did the same thing, right. Just was like yeah. hearing a rhythm, even though I know there's 84 tiger songs where I'm just like, I had an idea for a, a rhythm and then, get home and you know put music yeah. to it so so that um you know and i just hear like the kind of the 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 excitement the chaos of it like we just were like we recorded that record in like three days uh over the weekend at the studio called woodshed um yeah. in detroit and royal oak and the time my brother had just moved up north about eight hours north up to the upper peninsula and so that's where like make this a holiday on that record is about that so we we were just under this like you know this pressure to like let's make this record and so i hear that in the record of just like you know we didn't we you know we tuned a little bit here and there we didn't have a click track it was just let's go 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 and do it so we we recorded i think we mixed it even uh in a like a day or two too it was just really fast and so i think that that just comes through in that kind of like that tension or whatever and that song just says you know here we are (laughs) sure it's one of those things you talk about the recording process for that record it's one of the things um that I, that I love about it and other records, you know, kind of coming out around that time is there was, or even a little bit before there was just like that, that energy and that excitement, like you say, of like getting this out there. Like I have this idea, let's get it out there. So whether it's recording it in three days or recording it yeah. on a shoestring budget or whatever, just being yeah. like, I've got these ideas, got these songs and people just responding to them. Right. Yeah. And like attaching themselves to them. So, um, those early days, what, like, did you feel some of that? Because this came out in 1999. So yeah, yep. is is this what? Do you know if this was pre or post uh, something to write home about? Uh, I'm thinking that was pre, probably. Yeah. I don't know exactly the the memory. The interesting thing, like this was the, so we put out this record with no ideas. Our first record with no idea in you know it came out in '99. Um, Trav 
then he left the band, I think, after not long or not sometime after this record came out. And then we got our second guitar player, Scott, in the band. But in when Scott joined them, it was around the same time we got asked to do a tour um with Hot Water Music and Saves a Day. Yeah. And this was like the hugest opportunity for us at the time. Like another band, Panther UK United 13 is another band on no idea. They had broken up. And so the spot to open this tour became available on the East coast. Right. And it was a huge opportunity for us. Like we were just like, what, you know, hot water's asking us to do this, this tour. It was like, it was 12 shows or something on the East coast. Uh, and I think that was around 2000. Um, and it just was like eye opening to us, the whole thing of like, Oh, you know, how to tour, how to like, you know, sound check and merch and all that stuff. It was right, so cool. Yeah. Um, and I remember it's my first time to the East coast too. I'd never been out there before. And so like New York, Boston, Philly, all of it, you know, it's just like, this is really, really cool opportunity. Um, but I remember with this song, it's funny. I have this memory of, uh, I think it was Philly. I think it was the truck theater it was a big theater in Philly. We were opening the show and we just always played this song first. And we started this song and just like, just, it was like just chaos, you know, it was just like, yeah people knew it was just we just had no idea but they knew it. Awesome. it was just like a you know like a a pit opened up and uh, they were standing there playing this song going like what is yeah. going on it was like <laughs> just so you know it was it was really cool it just had that moment for us like wow man this is awesome and I, we went up to boston on that tour and some people had like made us a cake and given it to it you know just like so we started to get that like that awareness was starting to happen that tour was a huge shifting point for sure so between this record and then uh, getting that tour i feel like that kind of changed everything for us to really like mm. put put it into overdrive from what we were doing before that i was just kind of doing some you know local just some regional tours and stuff yeah, here and yeah. There, so like you talk about touring with saves the day and stuff could you feel at that time like because obviously i the reason i asked about uh, something to write home about was because like that was kind of you know a lot of ways like the catalyst for what would come you know a few mm -hmm. years later with bands like saves the day and jimmy Eat world and stuff you know the, those bands yeah. legitimately blowing up and being on the radio and stuff could you at the shows and stuff could you kind of feel that or were you guys a little bit more because i mean you were obviously a little more raw in your sound than mm -hmm. a lot of those bands so did it could you feel that momentum and that building or did you feel like you were still a little bit separate from that yeah no we, we had like um man like it was cool because it was i still feel like it was part of the the punk scene that we talked about yeah, right it yeah, was like yeah. whether it was the bands that started you know like vagrant bands like that that were um doing that you know direction of that sound or there was you know this other whatever hot water sound or whatever they still it's still like we're still from the same kind of you know diy mm -hmm. kind of area you know so like we had played with jimmy eat world and get up kids and in flint you know earlier that in 99 or 2000 you know so it was like they still were just we're just all set up on the floor mm -hmm. playing shows you know and just hanging out um on that but on, you know definitely with that tour you could feel um like i maybe it was just me but it was like the crowds were big on that east coast yeah. tour bigger than we had ever played with and you could see just that it was new to me like okay you know, big theater full of people singing along to whatever so yeah. that was starting to take shape i think that that um you know i don't know let's like yeah like get up kids and, and save the day and things like that where it was it was came from the same place but it it maybe had a different it was it was like a subgenre of punk or whatever but yeah um 
but so yeah, you could start to feel, I feel like that was, you know, things were just starting to move forward and, and whatever. And so yeah. it was cool. It was inspiring to see. I suppose too, maybe my question was, um, because I, like, obviously you guys didn't make this specific change that I'm about to say, but like with those bands, and I guess maybe this fits more with 2001 with your next record, but um, with those bands getting that exposure and getting on the radio and, you know, on MTV and all this stuff, was there ever like a pressure that you felt to go, should we make ourselves like a little more radio friendly or were you just kind of like, this is our sound, this is who we're going to be? Because there were obviously bands, I think, who like, whether you want to use the phrase cleaned it up or what have you mm-hmm. to kind of like make that jump. Right. Um, mm-hmm. or attempt to anyway, did you ever feel any of that pressure or any of those conversations ongoing at any point being like, we could maybe make a, make a run at being on the radio or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, it was, we, there was awareness out there, but we never like kind of our music or we just always kind of played what was natural to us, you know? And yeah, we thought about like how that would sound and what, you know, um, like I said, like I, I, I write songs in my head, you know, a lot of times. So it's just like, well, that's just naturally coming from somewhere. I don't know. So, you know, as we got, as we kept going, we tour more. I mean, you, you know, like, well, I don't know if we, maybe we'd get more opportunities. We're like this, whatever, but just never, we just never, I don't want to say we didn't care that much about that, but we just had like this, we just, we knew like what we like loved about music, like what was right. really enjoyed about music. Like I, those moments that you feel when you write a song and you practice it, you're like, that is so fun. Like I want that moment. And not say that those, you know, yeah, yeah. the bands that were, uh, whatever, more, whatever, melodic pop, whatever, mm-hmm. didn't have that. But just for us, we just had this thing that we were like, wanted to, um, I don't know, just kind of keep pushing forward. And I don't, you can kind of sense a little bit in that song, like there's in a, not say we were in a math rock band by any means, but like, yeah, the, you know, like there's that tempo change that happened in the bridge part or whatever, like that just kind of shifts a little bit. Yeah. So I was always interested that we had friends, um, you know, locally that it was always kind of that trying to like, make something weird or, or adjust it or do something that was just interesting. We always kind of chase that a little bit. And so, um, so I don't know, it was, it was, but we, yeah, we never really thought about, it. we should just, you know, go straight pop on this next one or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I love that you brought up though, the, the, like the tempo change and the feel change in the song. I'm assuming you're talking about the right after you say the line, call it a truce or whatever. And it kind of goes, does it just go instrumental for a good chunk of time there? Yeah. It does like a little, I don't know. I don't, I don't barely know how to read yeah. music. I don't. And so it's like, it's kind of more of that swingy, like three, yeah. four where, and it's just, yeah, it's an instrumental yeah. part for a while. But, so like that part shares a similarity to um, uh, on make this a holiday. I'm trying to think what the line is now, but there's, you kind of do this similar thing where you, you shout this line and then it changes. Mm-hmm. And I want to say on make this a holiday. Maybe you say, make this a holiday. Is that what, is that I what think you That's probably, yeah. It yeah. And then right. it like just yeah. kind of comes in and it was like, Oh, like that's what yeah. got me, you know, every time with both of those songs, you know, I talked about the intro and stuff on, on cannons and tanks, but uh, there, mm-hmm. I, I love things like that. So, um, yeah, yeah. I would think, you know, we, I would definitely was thinking about how things would feel live. You know, a lot right. of times where it's like that moment that everybody's going to, you know, anthem or put fist in the air or whatever. Yeah, so that yeah. those moments, I think that's where I was thinking about, or we were kind of thinking about how this would feel live yeah. versus how this would sound on, you know, recording or radio or whatever, you know, or just like, yeah. I just want it to have a really good anthem feel. So when we play live, it's like, you know, 
whatever. So yeah, yeah. Well, the next album, uh, full length, anyways, that came out was called Dead Reckoning. A couple years later, two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this album for me, I it's funny because uh, I met this guy. I was working at um, like a music a music shop, like selling guitars and drums and stuff. And uh, so I met this guy working there, and we we actually bonded over small brown bike over the band because it was like one of these bands where not like i had the the only people that i knew that were into the band were the ones that i had like shared the band with right like so um (laughs) like you guys weren't necessarily a band that you would just run into someone on the street and be like have you heard new small brown bike album you know what i mean like that didn't really (laughs) happen especially up here like maybe more so you know in some different scenes down in the states or whatever but up here it wasn't didn't happen often so i don't remember how we got talking about the band uh, but we were talking about the band one day, and he was talking about how much he absolutely loved this record because uh, he went through a he went through a divorce, and this record was like what he listened to over and over and over oh, wow. again. And I don't know if he was like really connecting on lines like "See You in Hell" and stuff like that. Like if that's what he was like <laughs> grasping on, right, with, sure. you know, this this ship will burn stuff like that, right? Where it's like yeah, yeah, know, those kind of things, but. Um, so like, that's the, the memory that I've now always had tied to this record. Uh, oh, yeah. I should, before we actually get into the song that you picked off this record, I did want to ask who, uh, who did the artwork on our own wars? Uh, let's see. So the artwork is that was actually done by my uncle, uh, oh, Ben and I, yeah. our uncle Tim, uh, who passed a few years ago, sadly, but he's an incredible artist. Um, he did shadow box work, but that was that art, the cinder block, uh, painting he did. And so, uh, he did the, he did a lot of stuff for us. He did the, we loved his handwriting. So he did all the handwriting inside of oh, our cool. second seven inch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that artwork, uh, we, we used on our, our album cover. So yeah. And then for on wars, uh, yeah, for our wars and then dead yeah. reckoning. Um, mm-hmm. the re- the reason I asked about the, art, I, I guess like who did the artwork on this one too? Yeah. Our, um, dead reckoning was Ben, Ben did the graphic design. Oh, cool. on it. Yeah. So he took the photo uh, and it was some kind of weird camera format. I can't yeah. remember. So he took the photo and then and Actually, then did yeah. the graphic design. On it. I think I, I think now that you say that, I was just listening to it. I so I've got that record on vinyl, and then I have mm-hmm. the Riverbed on vinyl. But uh, so I was listening to them the other day, and I think now that you mentioned, I was I was looking at the liner notes, and I and I noted that. But why mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about the artwork a little bit is because one thing that always stood out to me, and I don't know if this was intentional or not on your on your guys's part, but I loved that. And maybe I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this correctly, but I love that both our own wars and dead reckoning. Cause they were what I, this was, I was loving this before the riverbed, I think came out, but that they're both like on like matte finishes, mm-hmm. like, so like the CD booklets or whatever were a matte finish, which I, 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 yeah. that always got me. I don't know why, like when, <laughs> yeah. cause I mean, obviously like glossy finishes are one thing, but I, I just love the feel of the matte finish. And so like, I can, yeah. uh, I, I don't know if that was intentionally done on your guys' part because it's on more than one record. So yeah. Uh, or was it? No, like totally. I think we always, or? yeah. I mean, we, um, we always, that was going back to whole DIY thing. We love yeah. doing our, we loved working on stuff. And so our, you know, our, our second seven inch, um, was really you know, like a lot of layers and fold together. We made the booklet and all that stuff and did, um, it, it just was fun. We always loved yeah. doing that stuff. And so kind of similar to the music, um, have, you know, matte finish is more like a natural feel to me. It just mm-hmm. feels cool, you know? So I'm sure I can't hundred percent remember, but that would have been our approach. Like, well, yeah. it's, it's, I just like that, that kind of tone rather than glossy, shiny, let's kind of give this right. a, 
rougher edge to it or whatever. So, and Ben, you know, Ben did the riverbed, fell and found all that stuff. He did photos yeah. and graphic design and all yeah. that. So, so yeah. So it was always yeah, part of our, our process was that like, I'll, you know, think about the creative side of it. Yeah. I'll say with the riverbed, I can't remember if it was a matte finish or not. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. It, it, had, yeah. it had a, you know, it had a kind of washed out river yeah. picture on it. It seems yeah, only yeah. fitting. That would be kind sure. of, you know, whatever. I'm have to, cause, cause I don't think, now I'm thinking of my record upstairs because I don't think it's on a map finish, but I think Dead Reckoning is. I could be wrong though. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's get into the song that you picked off of Dead Reckoning, uh, which was Sleeping Weather. <laughs>
So I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that song has one of your most dated lyrics in it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the what is it? Your computer screen lit the room just right, which is like, <laughs> I mean, coming from that period of time. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But now oh, I'm like, great. if you were to rewrite that lyric for now, it would it would have to be just like, you know, your iPhone the, the light yeah. of your iPhone lit the room just right or something like yeah good um, point <laughs> it is just it's so funny because but but I can picture that exactly you know like that kind of like bluish light that just yep. lights it lights a dark room giant computer monitor yeah 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 <laughs> that's no um that's fantastic but yeah that's uh I love that song I mean I, I was just as we were listening to that song I I was like I think there was a conversation that we had on Twitter, not you and I, but like that, a, a tweet that I had sent out and then a couple of us went back and forth and it, the tweet was name a band that you think hasn't released a single less than album. I'll go first. Small Brown bike was who I said. And which I, I think might be, Oh, well, it couldn't have been what led to our initial like back and forth. Cause this was back just in January, but, okay. um, and we've been going back and forth for like a year now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're but, old friends. Yeah. yeah. Old friends now. Um, <laughs> And as the only reason I bring that up is because as you know, as we go in from one next from one song to the next, I'm just like, man, I love that song. Man, I love that song. And, oh, the, and nice, the, man. the great thing is, is like none of them, I don't think, maybe one of them, but off the top of my head, I don't think any of them are the songs that I would have picked. So it's just like I just <laughs> I just love your records. But um Thanks. Yeah, and again, you you kind of did when when I guess maybe it's the chorus of this song. Yeah, mm-hmm. I suppose it like it kind of does that, you know, like a bit of a ninety degree change again. Where all of a sudden it kind of like, I don't know if it goes, opens up, maybe goes double time or something. I can't remember off the top something, of my head yeah. right now. Yeah, but it like changes, and you're like, oh, now I'm like into the song. First time listening to your lyrics, and you know about the the breeze coming in through the window and the computer screen. Yeah, yeah. And then when it like kicks in, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like now now we're bopping <laughs> along. So, um, yeah. why why did you pick this song as one of your favorites? It's funny. I think, you know, I think about all the songs I kind of picked, there were these, it's each album has a different transition to it, the transition time. So this is our, our, our second guitar player, Scott had come into the band. And so there's always that kind of learning, you know, like, how's this going to sound? How are we going to write? How are we going to approach things? You know? And so dead reckoning from just the album perspective, I think Scott's playing was more, um, I don't want to say, you know, metal or just like, it just, Mm -hmm. he had more like, um, like noisy kind of like whatever you approach things. So we were like figuring out how to do this. And I think that record kind of has a lot of that, you know, there'd be chugging heavy stuff, yeah. loud chords or whatever. It's still chaotic. I mean, I still, when I hear that song, I, I, it takes me back to even, you know, to cannons and tanks, just like, there's still just like, it's just going or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's funny then too, back to our conversation, you know, about, um the, the 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 pop world or whatever that was happening i hear now listening to that so i'm like yeah that song kind of it of of dead reckoning that song was kind of more of the mid-tempo just rocker and yeah. kind of you know whatever that would maybe not exactly fit in in the world of what you know whatever um vagrant and stuff like that but it just mm-hmm. it just kind of had more of that like melodic swing to it you know um yeah and so it kind of blended those things together where we were still whatever raw and whatever but still but kind of having some some more mo- melody than i think probably existed on on our own wars in a lot of yeah. ways so and then that's the other thing i say i mean yeah it's a love song too it's like i guess approach it i mean that was a time that i met my wife 
who still married today, two yeah. kids, you know, it's just that mm-hmm. time. And so that song just has a special, real special meaning to me. We've been together a long time. And so it's just like we met and I just, you know, felt inspired to write a song like that. And, and here we are today. So yeah. it's got that, that personal connection to it. That's real special. Yeah. The, you, the mention of, you know, like vagrant records bands and stuff like that, uh, for sure towards the end of that song where you've kind of got the, like the dueling vocals almost, mm-hmm. um, you know, if it was a little more, a little more singing, a little less shouty, <laughs> yeah, it would fit right in with a lot of those bands. Right. Like, cause that was, that was a, you know, kind of a sound that was going on then. So, and I, and I love how it's built in this song where one of you is singing that first line and then I, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming it's you then that comes over top uh and it's like it's i don't know the way it kind of wraps the whole song back together um i think it's pretty great but cool yeah going back to like the sound of the guitar um and the guitar playing this this record definitely for me has always felt like kind of that more not angular or angrier but just like yeah you talk about the chugging and kind of maybe a little bit heavier guitar it feels and i wasn't sure if that was just down to production you know it's it's mm-hmm. got a bit more production value than our own yeah. wars um i feel like it might even be mixed a little bit louder i could be wrong about that now everything might be kind of flattened out a little bit but um but yeah like it's yeah. it definitely has more of that in your face kind of sound and i think when you know my friend was then telling me about how he listened to it going through his divorce i was like oh maybe then it also took on a little bit more of like an angrier sound or just that more in your face sound maybe. Um, yeah. But it's we, a, it's a great record. Thanks. I appreciate it, man. We, we, um, we recorded this one with Ed Rose in, in Eudora, Kansas, on Kansas city. Um, and so this is a, this was definitely a shift to like, a you know, he at the time was doing all kinds of stuff. Um, I think he had recorded get up kids, casket mm-hmm. lottery. And so it was just, a, it was a bigger studio just kind of, uh, for us to, you know, make noise in. So I think it was uh, us, same kind of thing as like that. When I was talking about the hot water tour. It was like, okay, this is a new experience. So let's just, you know, go for it. And so, yeah. So I think the production was there mixed, he mixed it. And then probably in the mastering too, the whole thing just mm-hmm. had a bigger sound. So I think, yeah. I, I think as like a second record for us, I, I'm proud of it because it kind of took what we, that chaos of the first record that we did in three days or whatever. And it kind of, this one, I think we spent whatever five days on or something, you know, maybe maybe (laughs) six days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was heavier. It had that, you know, I think the bass tone and drums just overall just kind of had a big, bigger sound to it. So, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say Ed Rose. That's why it sounds like a Get Up Kids record. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. We were inspired. Like, man, he did a ton of cool stuff and and you know, helped us for sure. I mean, still, I don't think we recorded with a click track at the time. So just yeah. like, here we go. Cause we were shifting tempos and times and things like that. And just was yeah. like, and we just didn't, you know, we, I don't think we, the story is we didn't even have guitar tuners on our first seven inches or whatever. <laughs> we just like played whatever key it was in. So, yeah. So, um, Oh, going that, that interesting. Okay. So going back to our very beginning of the conversation in the Minutemen, uh, I was just, um, in in our bank be your life they mentioned how when they first started the band uh mike watt had no idea that a bass guitar was not was was any different than a guitar he just thought it was he just thought it was a guitar with just four strings on it and then when it came to tuning both him and d boone just thought that oh tight strings or loose strings was just a preference (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> that's great. That's amazing. So we yep. went and recorded. Just didn't even have tuners on hand. Whatever. Just just get in there yep. and wing it. I love it. Um, learn as you go. Yeah. Learn as you go. Uh, so yeah. the next album that came out, while well, that you picked a song off of, is an EP. Mm-hmm. Actually, nail yourself mm-hmm. to the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is where things get a little bit interesting for me because I want to say this was a period of time where because I was probably aware of your records coming out like for like our own wars. I'm sure I heard about your band through, uh, there was like, um, a local scene, like message board on the internet that we were all on where we'd, you know, message about shows and all this kind of stuff, uh, and then music and stuff. And so small Brown bike, I think came up. That's how I heard your name for the first time. And then I'm sure I heard about dead reckoning coming out because of being on that board. But by the time, um, nail yourself to the ground comes out. I'm no longer on those. Like I've, I've graduated, moved out of my house, right? Like I'm no longer on like those internet message boards, or whatever. So I can remember going into, you know, the music store and just being like, yeah, you know, I'm working a job now. So I've got a little, <laughs> a little bit of extra cash, you know, I don't have to bum money off my parents anymore. So I'm like going in, going to go buy some music and I come across this EP and I'm like, what? Like I had no idea this mm-hmm. was coming out. Um, so that was, that was a surprise. Number one, B surprise. Number two is that I think on this EP, you guys kind of like you expand your sound a little bit. Is it fair to say that? Yeah. 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 Sure. I want to say the guitars become a little more like that, that, that like, like aggression and edge is still there, but I feel there's a lot more like whether you want to call them lead riffs or like picking, uh, just mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that, a little more like open sounding in the guitars. But, um, yeah, so the, this yeah. EP, uh, it, it blew my mind that it was out. It was a thing. I had no <laughs> it existed, idea it yeah. was coming. So it was just one of those amazing surprises. So, um, yeah. let's listen to the song and then we'll talk about a little bit more about this EP and the song and the song that you picked is trains all talk.
so I think we first and foremost need to uh, shout out. Is it Dan playing drums on that record? That's Jeff. So that's, that's Jeff. Okay. Yep. That's a new. That's when we had a new drummer. At the yeah. time. Because man, like I, the drums are one thing about we haven't talked about them yet, but because I feel like out of the songs that have been picked, this is kind of the first one where it's really like up front and noticeable about what's going on <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. because he's he's going off but i mean the drums on there are different parts on the earlier records too where i feel like the drums do something that are noticeable and um and just kind of f- work in propelling the song forward if that makes sense this one it just feels like he's got a groove for that whole song and yeah. he's he's locked into it especially like i i I'm beginning to notice, or at least in these songs that you've picked, that the uh, the small brown bike, like big instrumental section of the song, <laughs> right? Yeah, is so like you have formulas. Yeah, yeah. Well, but at the same point, like the big instrumental parts seem to be like my favorite because the way that you're building towards them, and then the payoff of them, right? Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's you know we talked about in um, the cannons and tanks where you said call it a truce and like because that kicks into that instrumental section. Uh, mm-hmm. This song where it breaks down and it just goes to, you know, he's just playing a simple like hi-hat, kick, snare, like almost the most basic beat you can play, like in time with whatever, you know, the down, down, you know, yeah. sort of guitar. Yep. Riff, yeah. As people come to listen to me, you know, make guitar noises. But, um, <laughs> yeah. and then, but then as it like swells and comes back in, it's just like, oh shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, the wave here we hits. go. Yeah. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Also, the line you say, it's always your face. It reminds me of my hate. Um, that <laughs> seems like a pretty harsh line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just so, sounded good. Yeah, it sounded, <laughs> it like sounded it. bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> what made you pick this song? <laughs> well, yeah, like you, you, you nailed it. I mean, we Dan had played drums on the first two records and our first seven inches, you know, and we went to school together, middle school together. And so... Um, and when he left the band, just because he was working and we were getting more opportunities and, and, and Jeff had, um, jumped in and done a tour, like a five week tour that we went on with hot water and other face. And we knew we'd known Jeff for a few years too, or years at that point. Um, so he just joined the band once Dan just couldn't, you know, um, just do as much as the band was, we wanted to do. So, um, so it was just that transition. That's why I picked one from each record as we went yeah. through. But um, that EP was kind of like this transition time for us. We had done the split with Casket Lottery uh, like the year before that, I think. Which, and so, yeah, pause for one second. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I said I said this um, actually to Nathan Ellis when I had him on. Greatest split of all time in my mind. Oh like, man, I absolutely. Um, I mean, from obviously like the kind of uniqueness of you know, you guys playing music while he sings over a song and you singing over them playing, like that whole side of things. Yeah. Obviously the cover of Under Pressure. Um, <laughs> right. Which, which I always thought was, like it's, to this day, I mean, it's probably blasphemous to say it's my favorite version, but it's like, I, I just <laughs> yeah. love it, right? It's It was such a surprise, I think, when I first heard it, uh, to like the acoustic song at the end. It's, it's just yeah. so great. But anyway, so you were saying you did that, um, that split about a year prior to this EP? Yeah. And so like I credit, you know, so the sound totally, you know, just is changing for sure yeah. at this point. And I credit somewhat that split with casket lottery to us for us just to kind of not have any boundaries and to say, let's do an acoustic song and let's do a right. cover or whatever yeah. to kind of make us feel comfortable in these areas that weren't just let's be chaos and whatever. Um, and then I also credit Trav too. A big, he was always kind of pushing 
further like let's do more sound sonic and you get pedals and just would experiment more and stuff yeah. like that i think i was probably more the traditional like okay verse chorus verse you know whatever and so so that those dynamics work so i think this ep was kind of like this okay we've opened up these doors to try other things mm-hmm. and we have a new drummer so it gave us that opportunity to kind of just do other stuff that we wanted you know we wanted to do this is a path we were on and so this song uh, the two songs on the CP, this one, where again, it's all about groove. Jeff's drumming yeah. is different than Dan's, where he will, he can, you know, not that Dan can't do this, but J- Jeff can have drum in a pocket and just, it's yeah. just a, and you follow Jeff in a lot of yeah, ways yeah. because he's yeah. very, like a metronome almost, very yeah. solid. And so this song does that. It's just has that tempo all the way through. We play with that dan- dynamics of it or whatever. But, mm. um, and this, I think this is the first song we probably wrote. That kind of, I want maybe not the first time I wrote with Chubb, but pr- maybe that's how I think of it. But like where we just found that groove, and it's like this feels really good, and we're practicing and playing, and like it was a fun one to play live because it just has yeah. those big, like you said, the wave just you know it crashes yeah. at this time or whatever. And so yeah. I always really enjoy playing it live because it was just like starts small and then there there it goes and it takes off and you just sit in this groove for three and a half minutes or whatever. Yeah. So that was fun to me. I I I really enjoy. Like I like a lot of bands like that where it is just it can be very repetitive, but I I love it where it's just it's mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna they're gonna hit on a, a groove for four or five minutes and it's just yeah. I love it you know so case, do different dynamics with it and things like yeah. that. In this case, so, it was three minutes and fifty eight seconds. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, um, four minutes of, of that. So yeah, yeah. I feel like this song it kind of it gave us it like set us on this new path and said, all right, this is how we can establish, you know, this new kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the other song on this EP table for four is one that like, I, this is that song that Trav wrote and, and even brought to the band. And we all just kind of like, it's another, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, I, I, it's always a really fun one to play live and we play right. it, but it kind of, so this EP kind of just kind of checked all those boxes where it was like, okay, we've, we've kind of st- established these new, things for us just personally and, and musically what we want to do so yeah um i was gonna say you, you mentioned like sort of following the drummer and it reminds me a little bit of like when nate uh richardson went from or uh like casket lottery and started playing in the apple seed cast mm-hmm. for the record like peregrine or whatever and mm-hmm. just like the difference in feel that he brought to that band because like they were a band casket lottery or uh, i mean i love casket lottery too but the apple cast were a band that i loved and then when he brought that dynamic to the band this whole different feel i was just like oh man like yeah. <laughs> this, is, this yeah. is something and so you can kind of feel a Huge. little bit like mm-hmm. it's just interesting what a yeah a change in drummer can do because i think a, a lot of times when you hear a drummer they're just kind of in the background right so it's um it's interesting when a drummer kind of comes forward and in it's noticeable that there's been a change. uh, And when you're in the the band, I mean, playing with different drummers are crazy. I mean, you know, Mm. and being in the band, like we, at the end of that tour that we did with hot water and Leatherface, Jeff had toured with us for five weeks. um, And, but the the shows ended in Chicago and Dan um, came to Chicago. And so we're like, well, you should play a couple songs. I can't remember if it was a whole set or just a couple songs. And so Jeff Mm. would play, you know, and then I think Dan jumped in and played the last two songs. I, right. I can't remember. I should know this better, but it just, it's your you know, own band. To- <laughs> yeah, I know Jeez. it's a long time ago, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's just the, the feel is totally different. And I don't mean yeah. one's better than the other yeah, or yeah. like that, but it, it's just like total different dynamic what a drummer yeah. can do to a band. And I think 
you know, uh, totally they deserve credit. We've been lucky, you know, we've just been really lucky. Dan, like, uh, the way that he plays and approach those those first two records, and and then when when Jeff came on board, it's like we've just been really really lucky. Still into this mm-hmm. day, John over eighty four Tigers, he's great and really fun to play yeah. with. So I've been fortunate. Yeah, well, that EP you also happened to introduce a pedal steel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that was That's... what what was the I mean. I I love it, but so like, yeah. what was kind of the the inspiration? I suppose you could say to uh, doing that was it just to just for the sake of doing it, stretching your muscles a little bit? I mean, I was getting into. I mean, we'd always been into you know, like I said, my dad played folk, and so I was into mm-hmm. acoustic music and all that stuff. Um, you know, and so like Wilco and whatever. Richard Buckner is a, an, an artist that we all just like absolutely, you know, think just a genius, just great songwriter, and so. Um, and I was just getting into him more and more at that time, probably. And then Jeff had introduced us to Dave Feeney, who recorded that EP. He had a studio over uh, in Ferndale, just north of Detroit. Um, and Dave plays pedal steel. And Dave's a great pedal steel player. And um, he, you know, he, he recorded it. We're like, man, this would be cool. Just, it's a cool sound. I love the sound of that instrument. I mean, it's beautiful. When you find it the right spot for it yeah. and the right song. It just, yeah. I mean, just crushes you. It's such a cool instrument. So, yeah. so yeah, that's, uh, you know, we just got lucky because, you know, you don't find a, a great pedal steel very yeah. often a player, yeah. you know, so we were just really lucky he was there. There we go. Cool, so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, the next record that came out, if, and if I've got this right, it came out the same year as this EP. Probably. Like I, that's, you, I'm saying that like, that's what it's listed on Apple music. They're both say 2003. That's why, um, yeah, that's that sounds about right. We kind of the, the EP was like our, I guess, technically our last release with no idea, and then Riverbed yeah. came out on Lookout. So Lookout, yeah. they were very, they were close. They were similar, yeah, yeah time frame for so, sure. Yeah, you mentioned it, the Riverbed. So this record again, if I was surprised by uh, Nail Yourself to the Ground, I was even more surprised when I came across this record because <laughs> yeah, how it's not often, you know. I mean, obviously it's it's happened, it happens, but it's not often that a band will release an EP and then later that same year you know release a full length of completely different songs you know um yeah i've seen it where you know bands will release nowadays it gets confusing sometimes like with streaming services where they'll release and all of a sudden it'll be like listed as an ep and then you know a month later it's like here's a full length and all four of those songs are on it right you know and they're the exact same version but whatever um yes so so this this album completely surprised me uh it didn't take me long to fall in love with it i think it's another great record again expanding on that kind of shift i guess you could say in direction or or expansion of sound um Mm -hmm. but i do have a couple questions first and foremost um the like the title of the ep nail yourself to the ground is mentioned in the opening track on this record deconstruct rebuild what's the story there <laughs> that's trap so trav's lyric trav, the name kneel yourself to the ground was something that trav had you know came up with so the ep we all liked it stuck with it and so so i think it was just that thing um i don't know <laughs> yeah. something that trav did you know yeah, yeah uh it just was either in the song had been written at the same sure, time yeah. or just like he had uh thought you know thought it was a cool thing like oh let's yeah. throw this in it's like a just a, a mention of that phrase to it so and but and i can't i yeah, don't know 100 percent. and may, maybe you can answer this next question or maybe not then so the the title of this album the riverbed isn't from mm-hmm. a song but there is a poem in the in the insert called the riverbed like what 
what is that right yeah yeah like i just noticed this the other day when i mentioned i was listening to the records and i was looking at it i was like wait the riverbed this does not sound familiar and also it was formatted different than the rest of the lyrics so i didn't know if you remembered or know what uh what the story is there whoa that's now you're you're testing my memory but it's you're you're right you're true <laughs> well i like, didn't make um, it up <laughs> that's not that and dead reckoning i think we put a poem in that one too was edgar lee Maybe. masters possibly or am i getting this too confused i'm sorry i didn't do my research for no, it <laughs> well it's now now i want to go and look at dead reckoning and see if the I see name, a poem there too I, my memory of the name the riverbed was not that it, we found it and it's a poem and then we we want to name the record that my memory was we were driving back from recording one day and i think ben or trav ben or trav had said oh just mention the riverbed or like oh that's that's a cool name and we kind of got stuck like that so so i don't know i'll have to research and uh yeah good (laughs) follow-up i don't know (laughs) where that came from Jeez, yeah yeah. to get out the line and look at it there we go um maybe 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 your memory (laughs) will be jogged while we listen to uh the song that you picked off it Uh, because you picked this is when i said earlier i don't know if i would have picked these songs except for maybe one or two like um cannons and tanks maybe i would have picked i love that song but if i was picking one per album probably would have gone this is a holiday but this Mm -hmm. is probably the song i would have picked off of this record so um yeah this is a declaration of sorts
say I love uh, Ben's bass work in that in that. I was saying <laughs> that game in that song, as, <laughs> as straightforward as it is, just like mm-hmm. that, like trem picking that he's doing. It's kind of yeah. it's pretty unique to hear, I think, on the bass, and so it really kind of jumps out to me. But um, yeah. also, I love how the song starts, like just like this. I mean, it's the chorus riff, but just this big kind of sounding riff, and then falls off. And, you know, you kind of come in singing much more subdued, I guess, maybe. I don't know if that's quite the right word, but it changes dynamic mm-hmm. and direction of the song very quick. And then, again, um, the instrumental bits in this song are what I'm loving about, or what I, I mean, I'm, I know these songs, but <laughs> in going through this, like the, the newer songs on the list, um, mm-hmm. which are off, obviously a lot closer in age to the older songs on the list, <laughs> but um, <laughs> they... Uh, just that stretch in guitar playing and, you know, just like hearing the more like delicate guitar lines, maybe that's the right word. So like when it breaks mm-hmm. down for a couple bars there, um, it's just, I love it. And then when it comes in with that kind of completely different riff to end off the song again, just, yeah. Yeah. I, it, what I, what I think what I enjoy is like, I mean, you, you kind of talked to like when I said that a moment ago, like that build towards the instrumental, the small brown bike instrumental section, you're like, oh, it's, I guess there is kind of a formula or whatever. But at the same mm-hmm. point, the nice thing is, is like, I don't think outside of having heard the songs, you know, countless times when you're listening to it, I don't think you could necessarily predict what that change is going to be. Right. Like mm. when it comes to that formula, like that, that like kind of palm muted staccato sort of riff that you play at the end. That's a little herky jerky. Like, yeah, it didn't feel like it was coming. You know what I mean? Like that didn't feel like yeah. that's what we're building to, but it fit perfect. It's great. So, um, what you. made yeah. you? Yeah, what made you pick this song? I mean, this one I feel like yeah, it's one of my just you know like favorites to play and like just having. I feel like we found that like the EP was kind of that transition, or whatever, and then um, we kind of established like we found the 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 sound or the group, you know, whatever it was with Jeff and, and mm-hmm. like that song specifically, Ben and Jeff really drive that song where Jeff is in, again, in the pocket doing all kinds of interesting, intricate things. And Ben with the baseline, it's just, it's just cool. It kind of drives the whole thing. So yeah. for me, this one, this, you know, I talked about it earlier where I write songs while I'm driving or running or thinking, you know, where it's like, I'm not, I don't have an instrument in my hand, instrument in my hand. I think this one was probably one of those songs where I had, the vocal melody was in my head first right. and then we, you know, yeah. back to the middle, all that stuff. And so that was kind of like, Oh, that's okay. That's cool. And then how do I write chords around that? Right. What are yeah, going to yeah. work? And so it kind of was a flip side of the other one um, where it's just like, okay, I've got this melody idea and kind of build it from there. So, you know, this is like the time too, like, you know, like definitely we're in this, in this zone where we were just, um, you know, I don't know, just, bigger heavier just stuff it doesn't have to be fast or or you know whatever it can just be big we, we like I said we toured sparta and cave in around that time just like i mean you, those guys it's just like big huge songs and it was yeah. just like more um melody and space in it and things like that it's just like really inspiring or cursive you know old friends with cursive and yeah, so we yeah. had known a long time where it's just like it just was yeah, I felt like we kind of, it was our own version of just kind of rock song, just like a, this is just a, a big rock song or whatever. And mm. um, and yeah, so we played that one acoustic, you know, Trav and I would do some acoustic shows sometimes where uh, before, you know, tomorrow I could play other shows and that one you could pull off acoustic and all that stuff. So just more, more of a, just a song song in some ways, you know? Yeah. When you talked about 
you know, kind of getting the melody and the line for the chorus um, and then having to write music around it. So mm-hmm. I'm curious how that kind of came about because listening to the music around it, the chord progression isn't just like a straight four chord progress. Like you're kind of like, yeah. there's this sort of swing and there's a number of changes in it like as the riff yeah. kind of goes on unless of course what you wrote was just the straightforward guitar line you're like i'm just gonna sing this travis you do whatever you want i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna sing and play yeah. this you know kind of straightforward riff that's <laughs> on the higher yeah. strings but but yeah that because they, they behind the chorus i guess what you'd call the chord progression is a little yeah. more complicated maybe yeah it's that weird it does that little half uh step thing that drives yeah. and then it just sits there on that that one note for a while just kind of yeah. open so i'm sure there was a lot of I, I it's funny sometimes when we go back and listen to demos or you know i heard heard stuff it's like um there are definitely other versions to songs where you're like gosh it, w- it was more like in a major key or something like that so that one right, definitely yeah. could have been one where we had different versions of it yeah. the chord structure might have been different and more straightforward and somehow we ended up on on that one that or a lot of times songs we had had two different songs or two parts and during the months of practicing or whatever we'd be like oh wait this part actually goes really good with this song let's right. merge these together or let's put yeah. these lyrics on top of this one and so that probably was some kind of frankenstein that happened there like hey let's uh this part might actually, might actually go good here or something like that so yeah. That's um, very cool it's hard to say again it's a while ago but specifically <laughs> i just know it's one of those songs like like i said there's there's even with i'd still do it today like there's 84 tiger songs where it's like nope it's just i had the melody first and then had to sit down and figure out what chords would work yeah. well with it so it's it's pretty it's it's fun it doesn't happen often but when it does it's like yeah. oh you know the melody just stays in front and it's less about the, the music so yeah yeah that's cool well the uh final song that we're going to get into uh, came out um, a little bit later, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. eight eight years later to be exact. Yeah. So the record is Fell and Found. It came out in 2011. And again, uh, I want to say this one, I, I would have come across this one a couple years after because I didn't hear, if, as far as I can remember, I didn't hear this record until I you know, had a subscription to a streaming service and then was like, mm-hmm. oh, small brown bike i should go add their you know albums to my life what the hell is this like, <laughs> what is this? yeah yeah is this the same band but of course like a name like small brown bike is only going <laughs> to yeah. be one of you you know yeah like, yeah it's it's not going to be coincidental that there's another band called it so put it yeah, on and listen to it and i go yeah this is pretty awesome like it, it kind of is kind of you know giving me similar vibes to the riverbed which um mm-hmm. you know and maybe maybe i didn't say this with the riverbed but you know i don't know if when I first put the riverbed on, if it hit me in the same way as our own wars and dead reckoning did, mm-hmm. but I think it's one that over time, it might be the one that more often than not, if I'm going to listen to, it's what I put mm-hmm. on. Um, yeah. And so, you know, because I think the songs, they offer different things, I think. Um, yeah. That's, it's interesting you say that. Cause we, at the time when we were playing riverbed songs, you know, people like, into the old songs and like, Oh yeah. Play dead reckoning in our wars. Then we broke up. And then when we got back together to play some reunion shows and stuff like that, uh, we, we played, I specifically remember we played in Austin uh, and riverbed, riverbed songs. People were totally into it, you know? So it was cool. You know, it's, it just, it, it, it it just was a slower, you know, kind of reception or whatever, which is totally fine. That happens to me with fans all the time too, but that, that wasn't uncommon to have that kind of like, I oh think, yeah and so that there it is 
and I think with that record, and then this record too, because I think they share a lot of similarities in that sense. It's mm-hmm. just, I don't know if this was something you you know were kind of aware of and intentionally doing when recording, but it feels like there's kind of more layers, or maybe the layers are easier to access when it comes to listening to, you know, like the, we bring up the guitars and the drums a lot on those records. When it comes to like listening to those things, versus mm-hmm. on the earlier records like i don't know if because everything is like in your face and you know like you mentioned with sleeping weather and the cannons and tanks it's just like gets up and goes right like yeah. um there's a little more there's a little more looseness and movement i think to to these last couple of records uh mm-hmm. and so sometimes i think maybe if it, I, I, it doesn't surprise me that it took me a little bit longer to fall in love to the point where i did with the riverbed because like I said, I fell in love with those early records going like, oh, this is awesome. Like it's gnarly, <laughs> it's it's angsty, yeah. it's like it's doing weird things at times, but also not feeling like super like mathy janky. Um, yeah. you know, just the nice turns. And so this <laughs> this feels like a band, I think, maturing for sure. And hang on to the, some of that sound. I think like obviously, would it be fair if I said you're singing more on these later records than yelling? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was scared to, you know, in those early records, I just was yelling. Well, I like, you know, the way it sounded, I think it fit with the music, yeah. but it was also was a, uh, it's like turning up distortion on a guitar. It's like, it's just there <laughs> to mask, like yeah, yeah. my fear of like really just singing with a voice, you know? And so, but getting more comfortable, like I said, going back to the casket lottery split, we did an mm. acoustic song on there and I was like, yeah. very like singing was really scary. So, but, um, so, but then I just realized, you know, it was like more and more time the other bands seen like, no, I mean, you don't have to just scream the whole time to have that, yeah. you know, in my, for, for me, a similar emotional kind of response for the song or whatever. So, yeah, I guess it was singing. I, it's hard, you know, it, it, yeah, it was, and then some, it's just using, just like playing the guitar. Sometimes you got to pick a little bit. Sometimes right. you got to kick on the full distortion or whatever. So yeah. I still, there's times, I think on this later ones where we did, you know, belt it out or whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, for those moments where it's down, just all right, I'm gonna sing this yeah. middle. So yeah, and like I don't know if you're ever into bands like Me Without You or Hopes Fall, but like you know, a couple of bands that at, at different points in their career kind of all of a sudden introduce someone who is usually more singing or yelling is now all of a sudden doing more. Or sorry, I should more they were screaming or yelling is now doing yeah. more singing. Uh, yeah. But all of a sudden going like, oh, like at first it's kind of like what do I think of this? And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. you kind of go, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like, I think with, um, with your music, you found a way, because I think you could also hear some of that at different points. And maybe it was because of the split with casket lottery and the acoustic song where all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're like, like that one, it was just like, he's singing, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's <laughs> yep. like, oh yeah. yeah, he can do that. So then from that <laughs> point forward, it's like, you, you hear that and you know about it, but yeah, and that, exactly. that acoustic yeah. song on the split was just so, so good so i think it mm, i think thanks. it worked and uh yeah i think it it's definitely still scary is, i mean it's still I like, bet, yeah. you know, weird to hear my voice and all that stuff just yeah. never, never getting used to it but but yeah so it's just like well let, you know but it just wouldn't i couldn't do it for one to constantly be screaming the whole time it, yeah. 84 tigers has some more moments like that and it's yeah. and it's fun um but it's a you know it pushes it. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. So, fell and found the 2011 record. Um, tell me a little bit because you you said like you guys had had you actually like officially announced like a breakup 
before this or yeah. what kind of went on in those eight years? Yeah, we, I mean, we broke up and we just the, kind of the wheels fell off of exhaustion and just yeah. kind of just all the different directions that we were being pushed and pulled and just kind of, it just whatever. So yeah, we officially in 2003, end of 2003, we're just done. We played our last shows in 2004 and then it was, that was it went on and everybody did their own thing um i still played music i started a band with my wife and dan the drummer the first drummer from swan bright called lasalle yeah we did we played mostly local we did one tour with cursive um but it was mostly like more you know bought a house and worked and that's what i wanted to do at that time i just was kind of burnt out on the whole the the hamster wheel tour and stuff like that and so um it wasn't until like i think it was 2000 I want to say 2008 or 2009, a friend of ours who diagnosed with leukemia. And so we played some benefit shows mm. for him and it just was, it was really, you know, inspiring and fun. And then we kind of didn't do anything for another couple of years. And then, but we were all in vicinity of each other. And so right. we started the process of like, man, maybe we should write some songs. And so, so yeah, it just kind of all fell together where, and so that's where fell and found was like, Hey, we're going to, we kind of announced it as like, we're writing music again. It wasn't like, Hey, we're going to go on a, you know, again, you know, 18 month world tour. It just was right. like, we really enjoy writing music. That Head, to me is headlining arenas. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I still to this day, it's like writing and recording music is just, I love it. It's really fun. That creative aspect. And so that's what Man. fell and found was, was us just like, let's just make an album. And we did a mm. couple seven inches and stuff like that. So yeah. And we yeah. played shows. I mean, we played, some festivals and we played shows around fell and found and stuff like that too. So it was, yeah, it was a fun time for sure. And we got to record with Jay Robbins, which was a huge, oh, you know, just cool. Jay is yeah. such a, such an inspiration. Just a great guy. And just really yeah. getting that experience is really, really cool. So um, we did a Abel Baker Fox record with Jay and he's just, mm-hmm. you know, really, really fun. So just a nice, inspiring, amazing musician, human and all that stuff. Yeah. So it was a fun, fun time for sure. That's awesome, man. Well, let's listen to the song and then we can uh, talk about it. So the song you picked is Onward and Overboard.
Man, that's another song where the drums, dude. Like, is that <laughs> so? Is that Dan back on drums now? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that was Dan when we did that record, and when we reunite, you know, reunite, that was Dan, yeah. the original drummer, was back in the band. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love yeah. like. I mean, you can you can hear the difference in in mm-hmm. drumming styles, right? Like, I'd be yep. curious to see how you know uh, Jeff. That was his name, right? Yeah. Um, yep. How he would have played, like, like let's say the same kind of drum, you know, pattern or whatever. If it would have felt different or not, but uh, sure, I, yeah, I absolutely like when that song comes on, it just picks it up, and you go, okay, because it's not often like it might be one thing to hear a song start with like a drum fill. Right. But the yeah. fact that I just love how it just starts with the beat that's going to back the like kind of main riff of the song. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, it's something that's obviously a little, a little interesting. It's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah. Who's, uh, who's singing backups at the end of that song? My brother. So, Ben, yeah, whenever you hear most of the time, that, yeah, yeah, most, of the, you know, backups whenever we're doing call response, never harmonizing. Yeah. That's, that's Ben, my brother. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, his his yeah. voice just sounded so different there than where when we're you know hearing it on uh, yeah. other records sound a little higher maybe I was like oh. yeah Ben was always the one you could just it, same was when we were with you know Abel Baker Fox where it's like yeah. all right Ben can go push it right up <laughs> if you like you need we need a high, a high harmony, harmony part yeah. here like he can get in there and do it you know so That's usually awesome. my voice is totally blown out by that part, right so yeah he can do the, that yeah. so so yeah. uh, what made you pick this song is. Uh, the one off this album you know it's like that one i feel this record i don't in so many ways like kind of is kind of like it it, it took it's it's everything that we kind of did and it kind of encapsulated it even though it's you know i, I don't know it just has that i hear parts of dead reckoning or our own words right. it, some of that is the record kind of goes on and then yeah but it has some of the riverbed and all that stuff so i feel like it's just this balance of whatever where we kind of like all this moving and discovery and different members here and there or whatever. And this record in some ways just like kind of said, here's, here's a good like end point or whatever. This is, you know, whatever with that song, I think I, you know, this record to me too, is like, I keep, I wrote down the word like healing. Like there's something, this record, all the stuff that the band had kind of gone through and all, all the different ways, you know, whether it's musically, emotionally, just whatever. It's just like this record had the most kind of, like optimism or whatever to it emotional just kind of like whatever and so when i hear that end it's just really just hits me you know i'm like mm. you know it it really is significant and so so i don't know i in it was a fun record to make like jay came out to chicago and we we st- uh recorded in a studio there and it just was really like um i don't know it just was it was fun and just a good time it was like a light experience kind of just the, whatever it was like we got to go on tour and then we're going to do all this stuff it just was making a record so yeah that's awesome um, man yeah um so yeah oh go ahead so i just think it kind of has a balance of it was it feels like a, a smart on bike record new but it was also just feels like an uh you know like an old i don't know it just it encapsulated a lot of stuff in some mm-hmm. ways to me so that's awesome that's awesome i uh it's definitely a record that i need to spend more time with um because as is the case with all the, you know, my, my favorite bands, it's like you have those records that were there when you first kind of like fell in love with them. And then, so when the newer stuff comes out a lot of time, it's like, I, I like, I want to listen to this record. In fact, when we're done here, I'm probably going to go listen to the record because, you know, getting <laughs> yeah. to talk to you about it. But yeah. like when my brain goes, Oh, I want to listen to small Brown bike. It's always, you know, typically one of those first three records, but this one, I gotta, I gotta yeah. push it up there because <laughs> Yeah. The point that you make about it kind of encapsulating 
the the entirety of the band. I'm like, that's intriguing to me, and I like, you know, to go and and listen for and to that. I think is uh, it's kind of neat. That's also why I like doing episodes like this because you get to see that sort of um, that inside perspective, as it were, from the songwriter going like, well, this is what I was seeing or hearing or what have you when yeah. making this record, writing this song, and so that's pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, totally. yeah, man. Thanks so much for doing this. I'm glad we could finally sort out a yeah. time, you know, like sick kids, sick, yeah. you know, ourselves being sick, all this stuff, like getting in the yeah. way. Um, so, yeah, I'm no. glad we could do this. Yeah, thanks for your patience. I appreciate it. And thanks, I yeah, all the kind words you said about music. It really means a lot. So it's just crazy to be here talking about it, you know, this time later. But it's, it's really cool. I appreciate it. Yeah.